Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Collicott. With new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month, catch Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. How's it going, everybody? TJ Sutherland here on the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast. Uh, our new shows go live on the first and third Monday of every month, and you can find all of our previous shows on our website, which is foreverinelectricdreams.com, and you can also get us on our Twitter, at foreverelectric. Joining me as my podcast wingmen are Imran Mirza, Howdy Gang, and Dan Collicott. Welcome, everybody. Ooh. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> that threw me off for a second. Uh, Hello. <laughs> all right barry white anyway uh, so it, this it's is a mix between boredom and seduction is is there like, i'm not quite <laughs> sure where he's going with it <laughs> bored <Yeah>. seduction <laughs> <laughs> oh god um yes so uh so today this will be our part two of our look at um iconic movies that we probably should have seen but some strange reason uh we've missed so as discussed in our last podcast uh in my case it was the movie 2001 iconic sci-fi movie in imran's case it was uh monty python and the holy grail Ooh. and in mr colicott's case it was the godfather oh okay cool so let us start with imran what are your uh-huh. thoughts on uh, on now that we now, uh, sorry to clarify as well? All three of us have now watched these movies, and um, we're now going to discuss what we liked about them, what we didn't like about them, um, and just general thoughts. So um, back to you, Imran. What did you think of Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Imran, well. first you have to clarify just again, just for people who have not seen the, uh, listened to the first episode that you have never watched. A Monty Python sketch or show, right? Yeah. I've, oh, yes. I've never seen a, a Monty Python uh, sketch or movie or or anything, and I just want to always want to stress that it is not from any kind of. Uh, what do you hate, Monty Python? <laughs> there, I, I, that's where I didn't want it to go, but I was always, yeah, no, I it was never anything about that. It's just it just never happened. It just never happened. Um, I don't know. It just it was never on on the proverbial radar. So yeah, and I like I, I think I said last time that I just constantly hear it cited from like UK and US comedians, actors as just being something that was of such epic inspiration for them and made them want to get into comedy. So it's definitely time that I I sat down and watched it. Cool. So what did yeah. you think? Well I, well, I thought it was so overhyped. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> and I'm really relieved to say that I'm joking because I would not want to be the guy that would sit here in complete honesty and say, that was awful. I don't get it. You know, because I, there's no argument. I think you, could, you can't win that argument, you know. But yeah. I'm no, really relieved to say that I really, really, really enjoyed it. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was just so good. And I, I kind of wish I had seen it years ago because obviously i think because my wife and i she is in the same uh uh, boat as me she'd never seen monty python stuff either Mm. so we both sat down to watch it a couple two nights ago Mm. and 
I think she she there was a comment about uh, some of the jokes kind of almost being a bit dated, but it was like with Aeroplane. If you watched, if you've never seen Aeroplane and you watch it now, some of that humor, for example, is like, oh, that's an, that's a not an, an old joke, but you'd almost roll your eyes at if you've never heard the Shirley line before. Yeah, you yeah, would roll yeah. your eyes at that. But I've incredibly fond memories of being so young watching that when that was the first time that you know films with that level of humor had mm. come out and it was just completely game changing you know it was just hilarious and i think I the same thing i kind of man naked yeah that was what i said to, to lisa <laughs> like, we talked to airplane and i said that line i said can you imagine that being said in a movie now like impossible. child Damn. Yeah, to a child. <laughs> That's exactly the line I, I had said that when the pilot said that. But it was kind of like I just kind of wish I had seen these films years and years ago because I I would have mm. just been like, oh my gosh, like. But you know, you, you can see that certain things you, sent have spun it out and stuff. But um, do you yeah, do you think it. you'd have had do you think you would have had a better appreciation of it had you seen it closer to actually what year did it come out? Uh, oh, I, don't, I can't remember. No, I, don't um, I did look it up before seventies, eighties. I'd imagine seventy, late seventies, maybe. Hmm. Someone Google it quick. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, because that's the thing. Especially, well, all three of the films that we've watched um, are obviously older, iconic movies, and kind of watching them, especially with comedy in, in particular, watching films like that through twenty twenty eyes. Um, mm. You know, does. Do the jokes transcend? I mean, for me, you yeah. know, I could watch Airplane. It's, it's funny you mention that. I could watch Airplane today, and with all the inappropriateness of some of the jokes and that kind of st- stuff, you know, I still get a, a, a great laugh out of it. But then, at the same time, that is because of when I originally saw it. Yeah, exactly. it was at it was at it was at a time when you know a lot of the the jokes and references were a bit more acceptable in inverted commas. But um, so I still see it through the eyes I saw it when I first saw it if that makes sense mm. um, TJ, interesting but, that you you call it airplane whereas yeah. imran calls it aeroplane for some reason oh <laughs> i didn't you did get you. No, you have to didn't. rewind it aeroplane <laughs> i was like what aeroplane get your thing? shit together Merza. god damn it no, I didn't. and it, it's I didn't. 1975 <laughs> i just googled it's it yeah i was waiting for that yeah i'm on to part in 75 okay yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, I just, uh, yes, about the, but that's a really great point about the aeroplane movie because it was sort of like, <laughs> yeah, it, to watch it now, if you'd never seen it, it would be interesting how that stuff would translate. I don't think the Shirley line, if I'd never heard it before, that would, I'd be like, I'd roll my eyes at that. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But I think yeah, to, yeah. when it had initially come out, it, you know, it, I just, you know, it's such fond memories of it. But the, mm. I, I have to say, there was a, a skit in the Monty Python Holy Grail movie. Oh, also, I do want to say something I think you both mentioned was that I think it, when I pitched this as one of the films I hadn't seen, I think I said Life of Brian or Holy Grail. And you both mm. said to watch Holy Grail because it was a more Python-esque sketch show uh, mm. experience. And I think you were totally right. I totally got what you what you meant because there's sort of a little cohesion i think a lot of these are very sketch-based moments um hmm. and I, I i really enjoyed that as a as a result and i kind of got what you were saying about kind of immersing yourself more into their level of humor yeah but, it's just a bunch of stuff your... that happens <laughs> yes. yes what were your favorite scenes or skits by far 
by far, I like, I howled. I can't remember the last time I laughed so hard, but it was when John Cleese um, gets the note, finds the note from what he thinks is a princess who needs rescuing. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't, I just don't think I've laughed so hard. That like long <laughs> shot of him running to the, towards the, the castle doors. And then it's got the, the guards, it cuts to the guards like close up and then it cuts back to John Cleese who's like looks like miles away you've got the drums dun, 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 dun. cuts to the guards yeah, then, but in like the blink of an eye he's there and he's just right. stabbing mm-hmm. everyone and I loved it like he kicks he looked like he kicked the bride in the groin and I yeah, just, he did. Ah. yeah he did yeah <laughs> I, there's, there's, it's a while ago since I've seen it but that's one of the few things that always flashes into my head <laughs> and he nut shots the bride and I'm like whoa okay. I, yeah it was, and it was like he was, I don't remember, it was sort of a blur because I was just laughing so hard. But it was like he was picking all the weakest people that he could find and just like stabbing them and hitting them. And I just cried with laughter. It was the funniest thing I've seen in ages. And then when I think the king kind of reintroduces him. I just want to sing. <laughs> Excellent. It was so good. No, that was, yeah, it was a great scene. None of that. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> he was very good. I think the bit when he meets John Cleese as well, and he introduces him, like, "Oh, this is so and so," and then it's like he kind of goes for them again. I think they're like, "Oi, that's the guy that just stabbed everyone," and then Cleese kind of almost <laughs> rushes for them again. <laughs> it's like, "What are you doing, you insane man?" Well, I loved it. it. Yeah, hilarious. Excellent. So, two thumbs up from Merza. Yeah. Totally. I, I'm looking forward to Life of Brian now. I'll be moving on to that one super soon. Cool. Really enjoy it. Excellent. Well recommended, fellas. Nice. Yeah. So that's a one success story. So, uh, Mr. Collicott, <laughs> how did you get on with The Godfather? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I can see how it is the classic that everyone uh, written and, you know, how incredible this film is and you know structurally and uh, the the acting I mean Marlon Brando's acting I know people it's it's one of the most caricatured Mm. um, roles out there in terms of you know people impersonating it and comedy around it but yeah Mm. at the time yeah at the time but even when I watched it now it, it, it blew me away every time he was on screen I just couldn't I was hanging off every word, every action, every emotion. Um, I think the only thing about it is it's a very, I mean, it's nearly three hours long mm. and I kind of felt that at least, well, let, let's not exaggerate, but at least an hour of it is weddings, uh, <laughs> funerals, christenings. It's just a lot of people standing about dancing or, or celebrating or singing. So I kind of felt like... That's pretty much Italian's life, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I just was like, like, you know... Celebrations and, and like, my, my getting together. And... Thanks to wedding or, you know, 12 funerals and a wedding. It, it was just... It was... Um, yeah, but... And, and I think one of the things, you know, Iman, you were saying about... Uh, well, you are both saying about if you'd watched the films at the time they came out, it might have been affected your appreciation and i do think that had had i watched godfather before i'd seen 
countless other gangster films and Sopranos and mm. things like that on TV that you, you realize what a blueprint it is. You know, it's the yeah. forerunner. It sets up so much of what came. Because I always find I, I have this real thing about anything, any film or TV series with organized crime is it, it just gets so ridiculous to the point mm. everyone is paranoid. Everyone is, is I don't know, cheating or, or what's the word? Um, backstabbing, two-timing. Yeah. Traitorous, treacherous. Yeah. Everyone, you know, you've got all these families and there's all this like, oh, yeah, they won't, you know, they don't want a war, but there's always a war and everyone dies. <laughs> and if someone tries to leave, then, then, then people, and they say, oh, yeah, no, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. I'm just going to go and, you know, go to the country or, I don't know. One, go, th- one thing that, one thing that, one thing that Godfather strikes me as a little bit is it's like, or sorry, most gangster films that followed Godfather, they're like, it's the Godfather, but without, with all of the little bits in between taking out, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like you were saying, there's loads of weddings, there's loads of funerals, there's loads of bits of people just standing around or having a meal or like the kind of day-to-day living their life stuff. All of that's in the Godfather. Whereas yeah. if you look at something like, <clears throat> Excuse me. If you look at something, uh, name me another famous gangster movie. Any gangster movie, <clears throat> they always focus. Yeah, Goodfellas. They just focus on you know the the crime, the deception, the betrayal, the, the like all of the key like big hitting points, and they just condense yeah. it all into into a shorter film. And so it's a bit more punchy. Whereas Godfather is it's it's an exploration of life in in the family, basically. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I totally get your point. And, you know, the cinematography and the way it, it, it's kind of framed and, you know, you, you do get there. There's a tremendous sense of warmth about how these people are and the families and how they kind of look mm-hmm. out for each other. And, you know, I, I think... Makes you very sympathetic to the characters, doesn't it? As oh, well? oh, totally. Seeing them live their lives in that, in that way, yeah. Although I have to say... Um, one of the one of the, the kind of fun funniest. There's only really one segment of disbelief for me, where I was just like, I can't believe this happened, and I can't believe what came next. Is and obviously spoiler for people who haven't seen The Godfather, but there's a moment where um, uh, Al Pacino's character is that Mike, Mickey, Michael, yeah, Michael, yeah, Michael, Mickey, Michael, Mikey, Mickey. Uh, he's yeah. in the, the 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 Italian countryside. And he, he, having left a perfectly good, from what I could tell, a perfectly good relationship and a right. kid, I think, back in America. No, not yet. Oh, no, they, they didn't have a kid then? No, no. Okay. But a perfectly good woman that he was going to marry and have kids with back in America because he had to leave because of the heat of what he'd done and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And then he, he gets with this this beautiful girl who lives in one, lives in one of the villages or the village that he, he lives in. And um, they get married. She's pregnant. And then she gets blown up in a car. Yeah, <laughs> Which yeah that, that, that thing's in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, should have been him. And then I know it, it, the, the, the time jumps are key here because you don't really realise there's huge six months to a year gaps but you know the next the next thing he's he he you know he's driving up to his old missus and saying oh you know i love you let's get married yeah. like, hang on <laughs> oh, fuck. you didn't let's just, let's, just, let's just move on with that shall we <laughs> yeah. 
We've not seen a. I, I, I swear to God, unless uh, I, I missed it, I didn't see one moment of grief from that death um, from him, or I didn't see a funeral. I can't remember seeing a funeral. I, it just just span on, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's got married to. Is it Diane Keaton played played his? Uh, uh, yeah, his, yes, Kay, his wife. Yeah, yeah Kay, at the end yeah. of the film. Yeah, Kay. Yeah, so he's back together with Kay and Apollonia is completely forgotten. And I was just like, oh, okay. We've got to move on, man. You know, you can't, yeah. can't, can't get bogged down in sentimentality. Just move on with your life. Oh, she had, she, she was pregnant as well. It's just like... Yeah, don't worry about that. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> just another mouth to feed. It's fine. It's, fine. it's just, just my Italian lover, you know. Um, oh... But yeah, no, aside from that, again, I, I, there were actors I didn't realise were in it, Well, like Diane Keaton. Uh, mm. I didn't realise James Kahn uh, played Sonny. Um, I didn't know Robert DeVar was in it um, as Tom. Yeah, no, I, you know, it, it, there, there were a few actors and actresses that just popped up, and I was like, ah, I didn't. I didn't know that. Uh, uh, Talia Shire as well, uh, Adrian from Rocky. Uh, plays oh, uh, the sister. Yeah. Oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Kate. Yeah, Kate. Kate Don't I? The guy who gets killed. Which uh, a lot of people uh, got uh, killed. To be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no. Uh, what, uh, her husband. The or... guy that marries the, his sister. Um. Yeah, he gets. Yeah, he. Uh, Michael kills him at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. It's one of his way. What's his name? Um. I don't know what his name is. Um, Carlo. No. Carlo. Is it Carlo Rizzo or something? Um. Oh crap! I can't remember his name, but yeah, him. Mm. That was one of my most powerful yeah, threads of the movie for me. I thought the fact he was beaten there, and then when Sonny gives him the the best hiding in the world. Um, yep. Have you seen the the Simpsons version of that? Of that no. beat, it, you should look it up on YouTube. Marge, um, I think she went. There's an episode, there's an old episode of Simpsons where Marge takes. She becomes like a weightlifter, and uh, uh, she beats up you know Snake. All right. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 She beats up Snake, and they directly riff off of that scene where she gets the garbage can and beats him. It is, <laughs> it is so good, and they, and that's the kind of the point about the Godfather: the fact that all of these things influence so many forms of of media for so many years and continues to do so. But you should totally look up that um, Marge beating up Snake at sort of this Godfather ripoff. It's brilliant. But I don't, I don't think that, that scene. it's not, it, um, I don't think it's Paulie from Rocky though. Or is it? No, not Paulie. Uh, uh, Adrian. Oh, Adrian. Uh, yeah, Adrian's oh, sister. Yeah. Talia, not Paulie. I was thinking, what the hell? I was thinking. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> you no, know, Adrian, Adrian, Talia Shire, the actress. Adrian, but yeah, um, and Sonny's yeah. death as well was incredibly, like, oh, that was a kick in the nuts. Yeah, that was that was that was brutal. Yeah, but yeah, and I think that's the power of the film as well. Is that it, even though these guys are not good guys per se or whatever, like it, it carries you through this journey and makes you care about them and you understand you know their motivations and and everything and then when like say when sunny does get killed it's like oh man that fucking sucks yeah so and so for a film to make you sympathetic and also again at a time when there was a very you know movies there was very clear good guys bad guys that sort of thing 
in this, the protagonists are, are all bad guys essentially and to make you actually give you know give a crap about any of them it's mm. uh so uh, yeah it's a powerful tool and yeah. i also didn't realize i mean the man you probably well both of you probably know this already but i didn't realize that quite a lot of the characters and things that happen in the film are heavily influenced by things that happen in real life which is even more cool uh, gosh, I haven't. It's been a while since I. Yeah, I can't remember what. I think I had heard that a long time ago, but I know I couldn't cite any specific stuff. Well, it's like the mm-hmm. olive oil um, production oh, right. that was that was very much um, used by, you know, organised crime. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the the characters that Don Corleone was based on, but there's Frank, someone. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, if you look it up, you'll find there's quite a lot of crossover with oh, um, right. things that obviously had happened okay. at the time or before the film was made so mm. that, that crept in. So, yeah, which is even, even more interesting. Will you watch Godfather 2? Yeah, I think so. Uh, obviously, you keep telling me I'm not allowed to watch 3, but I definitely... No, I just, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There is no Godfather 3. They made two films. <laughs> and then the set was burned down and everyone else retired. And, and that's it. There was no Godfather 3. If anyone told you yeah. there's a Godfather 3, or if you see anything on the internet, or you walk into a video store and see it on VHS, ignore it. It's an illusion. It's just fan-made nonsense. Someone is, yeah. has slipped you a mickey and you're seeing things. Just go home, lie down for a bit, and then you'll be fine. It's like the Star Wars holiday special. It didn't happen. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> that thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, let's oh, b- oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, yeah. TJ, 2001. Yeah. A oh, hold on. Hold on. Before we get into 2001. Uh, so, Godfather, does that get thumbs up? Oh, absolutely. Two thumbs yeah, up? Yeah. Two thumbs up. Okay. Oh, easily. Yeah. No, it's, it's, mm. it's phenomenal. I can, I can see exactly why it's it's so revered so yeah apart from it being very long three yeah. hours nearly three hours three minutes off three hours but yeah it, it's did still... you do it in one sitting no i didn't i did not fair play fair play no, <laughs> i just split it into two you watched, watched all three and a half hours of the Irishman in between as a break, <laughs> wow. and then and then he went back to the other half of The Godfather. That's a lot of gangster. <laughs> the only reason I haven't watched The Irishman is because of the length of it. <clears throat> yeah, it's long, isn't it? Bloody Martin Scorsese, man. Oh, he needs to calm down. Loves it. It's crazy. He really loves, does love it, doesn't he? Speaking of loving it. Dun, dun, dun. 2001. Yeah. <laughs> so alright <laughs> okay. okay so um, I'm going to probably echo a lot of things that um, Dan mentioned about Godfather being the blueprint for a lot of uh, gangster movies till to this day um, 2001 um, looks absolutely stunning um, you can just see every single sci-fi film that I grew up watching um, has taken something from that movie. It's it's iconic for a reason. It's um, the blueprint for modern day sci-fi. 
um, in terms of look, in terms of um, feel, emotion. Um, I think I, it was probably one of the first like real big budget sci-fi movies. I think everything prior to that was probably um, a little bit kitsch or a bit B movie esque. I can't I can't really think of it because what was it? Sixty eight, sixty nine. It was made maybe seventy. Yeah, sixty eight. Um, no, you're right. Sixty eight. Yeah. So um, yeah, and you think sixty eight? You know, we not been to the moon yet. Um, you know, the obviously the original short story is written by Arthur C. Clarke. So um, his imagination and Kubrick's genius just shines through the film completely. Um, And it does look stunning. Um, You know, apparently I read somewhere that they didn't, back then the idea of CGI was um, non-existent. So everything was done through physical effects. There were no, like hardly any, um, um, created uh special effects if you want to call it that call it that um so yeah the film looks massively impressive for a film that was made in 1968 um the story is weird <laughs> um i mean the, sorry the basic premise with the whole space exploration and how going nuts and all that kind of stuff that was intriguing um but there's obviously a lot more deeper meaning to it, which I'll be brutally honest at this point in time, I can't get my headspace around it. Um, I'd probably have to watch it again and kind of really think deeply about it, um, which is a bit difficult right now. So, um, but I can see that there are a lot of undercurrents and so, um, double meanings and uh, things to basically analyze. I know, you know, since that film's been released, there's been lots of theories about what it all means, the monoliths and the baby and the dawn of man and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, oh, and also uh, the soundtrack to it is absolutely epic as well. I mean, it's incredible. And um, again, watching a film like that through 2020 eyes, I think it's a, it's a real shame I... I'm not a bit older and I hadn't, or it's a shame I hadn't seen this film when I was much younger to a certain extent, because I definitely would have had a, well, I'd like to think I would have had a greater appreciation for it than I do right now. Um, I enjoyed the look of it, it looked incredible, but the pacing for me just, it, it just felt quite slow and, um, methodical which was the intention and I don't I don't I wouldn't say that's a bad thing I I think that's just on me for um not perhaps being in the right headspace to appreciate the pacing of the film um you know I can see Dan said a bit isn't it yeah uh, yes yeah I did yeah you did actually you did you did uh, mention that I I don't remember now um you know, you can see films that I've really enjoyed recently, like um, Arrival and Interstellar and, um, you know, those sorts of films borrow hugely from this, from 2001. So you can see where all of those influences come from. Um, and also, I think, th- 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 I made a comparison in my head to how people reacted how some people reacted to Blade Runner 2049, um, which I absolutely loved. Uh, I thought it was brilliant. 
I just absolutely raved about it. One of my favorite film, probably my favorite film of whatever year it came out, 2018. Can't remember. Um, but a lot of people had a problem with the pacing of that film. And this film, I think, has a similar pacing or, I don't know, like methodicalness, if there's even a word about it, um, that Blade Runner 2049 has. But for some reason, I really appreciated Blade Runner's way of doing it, but I couldn't really get my head around um, 2001's way of doing it for some reason. I don't know why that is, but um, I think I'd, I, if I was to give it a rating, I would give it a thumb in the middle because I'd like to watch it again um, and give it another crack and kind of really kind of think about it um, rather than just dismissing it and going, ah, it's not for me, whatever. Because there there's definitely more to it than just watch it one time and and that's it. I think it's uh, something you kind of have to really think about, which, again, like I say, maybe I'm just not in, in the right headspace for that right now. But, yeah. It makes sense. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, so, so just, yeah, just to, to like, you I, like you guys, like, sorry, <laughs> sorry to end the podcast on a downer because you guys are raving about how much you enjoyed your films. I'm like, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm a, a bit in the middle with it. I think that's kind of what I expected you to say. Just following on from what Dan had, how Dan had pitched it uh, last time. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I think I would have been surprised if you had said I totally loved it. And hmm. um, but no, I think that was a sounds like a fair assessment of it in terms of you've given it its due praise and reverence, but. But you hated it. So what can you I mean, say? <laughs> <laughs> People outside my house, the pitchforks and toilet rolls. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, like I say, like watching it, it's it's visually stunning. And I think the the thing that really blows blows me away about it is that it was made in 1968 before every, pretty much everything else, just from like one man's vision and, and another man's short story and. Some of the visuals in it, and the, the, the you know, the, like Hal's voice and like the casting in it, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's the elements are there for. It. I can see basically, I can see why it's a, why it's an iconic movie, and I can see why people hold it with such reverence. I personally don't because perhaps I needed to have seen it at the time, and you know, it would have it would have really hit me a bit harder, and then everything else that came after it, I'd have been a bit like, nah, you're ripping off two thousand one. Um, which I can see anyway, but, um, yeah, it's, I can see why it gets the praise it does, but for me, it's okay. Sorry, Kubrick. (laughs) I think, I think the best thing about it is how, uh, is it how 9,000, have I got that right? Yes. Um, is the fact that, you know, this is, this is the first science fiction film with a sentient AI and also mm. not only a sentient AI, but a sentient AI that goes horribly wrong. So you think of, you mm. know, Terminator and Skynet and everything that kind yeah. of followed. And, the, the, you know, f- for that alone, it it's quite incredible. And, and those scenes and, you know. That, and also, that, like, kind also of for me, I've, I've awesome. like, sh- 
I've shut off my uh, Google Home series out here. Like, none of it. It's all gone. Not even any more of this uh, AI nonsense in my house. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, it's destroyed it for me for no, <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I, like, I think that in itself, again, like the genius of Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke, you know, that having the protagonist of a film as an AI character uh, that goes wrong and starts killing people. But and, and not just that as well. Like, there's lots of little touches in there when you kind of think how, like, you know, it's 1968 and he's got people in there Skyping each other or, you know, there's like iPads that are, or their version of what iPad would have been like been at the time, like things that are what we see as like everyday tech now, like back in 68, it's like these things that are, so there's, there's lots of these, these little touches that you're like, wow, okay, that's, that's your vision of the future is actually pretty spot on in, in, in in a number of ways. Um, so yeah, I mean, trivia. say again, do you want a bit of useless trivia? Go for it. So even I didn't know this, or at least I've forgotten that this was the case. I don't know, Iman, you, you may be aware. Um, but, uh, there, there was, um, a 1984 sequel called 2010, the year we made. Ah, I, I said this last time. I said that I thought there was like a sequel that, I, and I thought then I then you both kind of rubbished me, and I thought I was going mad, and I went. Well, we I went, were both I went, wrong. I went and cried. So, okay, so how did that work? Is that like what the, the baby comes back and fights for Avenger? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think as as a, as a podcast, we we all three of us need to check it out. It doesn't sound like I I, I kind of thought it. It was going to be like Donnie Darko two, and just dire, just <laughs> terrible. Oh, shit. Never been made. But or, or should we do a part three? And uh, Imran goes and watches Life of Brian. <laughs> you go and watch Godfather part <laughs> part oh, two, really and good. then and then I'll go and watch. Oh wait, now I'm drawing the short end of the stick again. Oh, I'm not <laughs> <in that. laughs> Dan has to watch Godfather part three, and Imran has to watch. <laughs> A fish called one. Uh, fish called one. I have, to, wa- I have no, to watch the full one. Monty. <laughs> wow. No, no. You have to watch the one bad Monty Python film. Well, it's not bad, but it's not good either, and that's the meaning of life. Oh, is, oh. That, is, that, is that not widely accepted as a as a it, good piece of Monty? It, it's a little bit like well, Life of Brian is a proper film from beginning. It has beginning, middle, and ending. Kind it's of. It's meaning of, meaning of life is just like another. It, I might be getting this wrong. Is it just like more like a bunch yeah. of sketches again? Right? It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have seen it actually. I think. But yeah, it, it's, it's weird. There's no cohesion, and it's it's just ridiculous. Really no, exactly. It's it's worse than Holy Grail because at least Holy Grail has a theme. It has you know, regular characters that feature throughout, even though it doesn't have much plot and it certainly doesn't have an ending. But yeah, Meaning of Life was just a load of sketches, some of which are terrible, some of which are quite good, but it's such a random film. It's all very self-indulgent as well. Yeah. The beginning, the Battleship Potemkin opening sequence is just weird. You're just like, what am I watching? Is this What's this got to do with Monty Python? Yeah. I think it's like you always knew that they had had it in them to do, just do some outlandish weird stuff. So, well, I think at the time uh, they they said that they 
you know, there, there was, they had the ability, there were people throwing money at them or at least encouraging them to make another film and they knew that they didn't have a concept for another film so they just kind of winged it. Just did a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I'll just do this. It'll be all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm not going to be watching 2010. Well, sad because it sounds quite good. I'll, I'll do some research on it. And I'll see if uh, I'll see if I can find like there's got to be like a YouTube thing where someone's broken it down. Save me two hours of my life. <laughs> or long it is. Was it not widely well received? I'll, 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 I'll read the, the Wikipedia entry on it. <laughs> so apparently, it it did okay. It, it didn't go to number one because in the box office because it was beaten by Beverly Hills Cop. Hey, <laughs> funny. I mean, to be fair, that's a decent film. So, yeah. what it is, uh, and it it's not actually directed by Kubrick. Uh, when did Kubrick oh. die? Um, but it's, it's oh, it'd, be, it'd be like ni- uh, ninety something in the nineties. Yeah, because he did eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut, and that was nineties or early nineties, I think. Yeah, so that doesn't bode well because it's it's directed by Peter Hyams, who also did the screenplay. I mean, it's got John Lithgow and Helen Mirren, Mirren sorry, Helen Mirren in it. Um, mm. fairly decent actors. I said said what I've read of it. It sounded quite. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like a turkey. Um, right, a turkey. It sounds okay, but um, it can't. I don't think it's a classic. Put it that way. I'm still not watching it. <laughs> Despite your sales pitch, I'm still not watching it. Um, no, but yeah, it was uh, like I say. I, Good. I can see why people rave about it, but yeah. Nice one, Kubrick. Thank you for giving us the basis of every sci-fi movie that ever existed after 1969. (laughs) Which is pretty much what happened, because everyone just went, hey, I'm just going to pull that bit out of it and use that. So, yeah. This makes us forgive him for Eyes Wide Shut, which was crap. I've not seen that movie. I, I haven't seen it either. Uh, there's no so for our next podcast, we should be watching. <laughs> Unless either of you are a fan of seeing um, Nicole Kidman in the buff, then that's about it. Sweet. Sign me up. Yeah. And Tom Cruise. <laughs> did, 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 you, well. did you have to sound quite that breathless when you said that? In <laughs> Sorry, I was just typing it into Netflix. I was like, is it on there? <laughs> I was like, oh, hello. Smooth. Um, <laughs> cool. Okay, so... We should definitely conclusion... revisit this classic stuff again. It's a lot of fun. Uh, in a few months or so, we should pick another three films for us to assign for each other. It'll be a lot yeah, of fun. definitely. Well up for that. As long as, hey, man, I get a good, as long as I get a good one this time. <laughs> hey, man, coming back to you, are you going to watch uh, Life of Brian now? I am, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd quite like to, actually. Um, I'm not, uh, Fairly soon. Uh, I'd like to do it. Yeah, I, I might. I'll certainly go back to that John Cleese bit where he just storms that <laughs> castle because it's just the funniest thing I've seen in ages. <laughs> oh, it's so good! Um, Excellent. Yeah, I really cool. enjoyed it. All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed your movies. 
I'm also <laughs> glad I took one for the team. That's fine. Uh, um, <laughs> well <put. laughs> I did warn you. But uh, <laughs> thanks. Um, but yes, I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, gang. Bye. Take it easy.